0: Welcome to Deep Focus. I'm your host Mitch Goldman. It's December 2nd, a Monday night 2013. Vernon Reed is in the studio with me. We are talking about the recently departed Ronald Shannon Jackson, one of his shaping influences. This is part three of three.
1: Reunion, you know, Melvin and I had both left the band and we had come back for a series of concerts in um, the Middle '80s, you know, I had already started uh, uh, the band Living Color. Uh, Melvin had started the band I and I, and um, you know, Shannon wanted to do to want to do this ensemble, which kind of mixed some of the people he was playing with, not like De and and Reggie Washington. So this was, uh, we played a few a few concerts with this ensemble.
0: One of those shows was recorded and released. Years later, on the Knitting Factory label, it was right. live at Greenwich House.
1: Yeah, that's yeah,
0: and that was just a couple of months before this, and then this is yeah, it's a uh, a live audience recording. Okay, of another great show at a at a beloved room from back then. It's still kicking. Oh, Sobs, and all right, this is WKCR. We call this show Deep Focus. Vernon Reed is my guest. And our deep focus is on drummer, composer, Ronald Shannon Jackson. He left us earlier this year in October, and he's been very, very present in our thoughts and thankfully on the radio, and we're very grateful to all the disparate places in the universe that provided this music to us. And uh, I didn't know any of this stuff had been recorded.
1: Yes, there there are literally um, talk I just mentioned, like how many cassettes there are. They they are literally, you know, I, I dug up two two shows today, and you know, out of a bin of cassettes. So there's a lot of music, and there are probably a lot of compositions that didn't make it onto records. That there were things that we would play. For a couple of shows and then not play again.
0: Were there studio recordings that were made for release that never came out?
1: Well, there's a there's a, a you know later on you know um, Melvin and I um, did a project recorded with Shannon and DJ Logic and that's something I you know I honestly have to say I haven't heard it since we recorded it. So there is there are definitely. And I'm sure if you expand that to all the different ensembles that, that Ron was involved with, there yeah, there's 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 stuff out here. And a lot of his there's a lot of his music has yet to be discovered and also a lot of his music has to be reinterpreted by other other right. players and other ensembles. I mean, I really believe that that's important because you know, he, he created a really vast trove of uh electric Americana.
0: Mm hmm. You mentioned Talk Eye. Jackson, Shannon's son, here in the studio with us. That's right. Very happy to have you here.
1: I remember him in a bassinet. Wow. He's a dude. Look at him. Look at him with his goatee. He's about to to have his own kid now. Isn't that right? Wow. (laughs) He's like a dude. (laughs)
0: This, This is a thrill for me. I loved this band live. There were no, there should have been. Fillmore East of this band or something like that that never happened, but we do have this very cool.
1: Bill Graham, you know, it's so funny because and you do mention that because uh, it really is uh, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the Decoding Society is the ultimate psychedelic band in a different, in another context. It's kind of psychedelic jazz.
0: Yeah, They're in different. a way, yeah. There's there's music that's been kind of tagged with that that doesn't deserve it the way this band does. Oh, yeah. Makes me think of uh, a quote attributed to Salvador Dali. Somebody asked Dali if he did drugs. He said, take me. I am a drug. Oh. Ho, 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 ho. SOB, Sounds of Brazil. Down in Varrican House. And let's get in the magic WKCR flying machine. Ronald Shannon Jackson of the Decoding Society, 1986. Yeah. I'm going to go. We are downtown, a few blocks south and 25 years behind where we are right now. That recording made at SOB's, Sounds of Brazil, still there. Still a great nightclub venue. It's one of, it's one of the
1: only it's one of the only venues from back then that's still around. Yeah. Everything every almost everything else.
0: Thinking about all the places where I, I saw you guys play. Yeah, it's, um, uh, bottom line, Long Gone Danceteria. Dance played Dance You played Dance Yeah, that was a good show. The coding side. Plaza still there. Irving Plaza. Irving Plaza is still there. That's true. Yes. But uh, yeah, this was. Um, you guys were a hometown band playing in New York City. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Did it feel like that? It was a band of the world and yet it was well you know new it's york i mean
1: music. different you know every, you know what a difference a year or two makes in new york you know the vibes are totally different the scene is totally different yeah we had a uh, you know the difference between 82 and 84 is was big it was cool
0: yeah, yeah this band i mean you know that's part of uh what happens as you move through this life but uh those seemed like vast stretches of time, the time between one album and the next in a band, and a band, I'm sure for you that you were in, but also a band that you're a fan of, and and, uh, you know, every time, it was funny, Jack DeSalvo and I were talking about this last time, that Shannon's way of working, you guys, he would, you would create music, he would write pieces, you would develop them, and he'd want to play them and play them and play them and then go in the studio and record them. Sure. And then when the album came out, he was 500 miles down the road yeah. thinking about all the new yeah, stuff. He would,
1: he would be, yeah, he would be writing, he would be thinking about. You for, know what? for
0: a fan of the band, though, you wanted to, it's like, I just got this record, listened to it 20 times, I want to hear them play it. And it's like different guys playing different music.
1: Well, you know, for a time... You know, like when we were doing Man Dance and Barbecue Dog and Decode Yourself, you know, it was kind of, he did kind of, you know, when we were touring around Man Dance, we did play Man man Dance music, but he also was, I think it kind of chafed at him, you know, a little bit. Because he he also was writing other things. I don't know, and then afterwards, you know, I think about Red Warrior and, and all that music. It's a very different feeling, um, very different feeling. It's actually more actually more guitar oriented, you know. Later on,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The horns were gone. Tell me about that uh, that place that you went
1: mm.
0: when you get when this music really gets gets going.
1: Well. The thing about that is, you know, I think like Shannon would believed in the music as a transformational almost transformational tool, right? That it could it could transform your experience, transform reality. And a lot of that is um in a way, you know, Coltrane's music um did that in a in a very big way. Um and certainly Miles Davis's music became that, you know, um, became less about an attitude, you know, which was sort of live. His music was really coming from a place, and he was presenting that place where he was coming from. And then, by the time you get to *In a Silent Way*, you know, he he'd started to dip into to transformation and transcendence. You know, that the 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 music, the tune, is not. An easily digestible unit of experience, like you know, basically, that's that 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 sort of permeated a lot of music of that period. And with Shannon's music, Shannon's music had this transformational thing, but he also had these melodies and these themes, you know, that 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 could be transformed. And so, um, uh, I just saw glimpses of. Of what that transformation, what that transformation means in terms of playing, improvising that you know improvising becomes uh, you arrive at a place of just connection of just making connections. and it's not about what you're thinking about. You know it's not about what you're thinking about. it's not what you about what you've studied. It's like everything your craft and everything is in the service of a transformational moment. So all of the practicing and all of the thoughts about what's right and proper to do, all of those go; those feed it, but those are not it. And when you you know really when the when the study and practice and all those things preparation is in the background is the engine that's propelling you know it's your fuel, right? But you're not contemplating; you're not you can't contemplate. The elements that go into the gasoline and whatnot, while you're driving, you're just driving, right? Right. right. So that that's that's the thing. And uh, um, those moments when I was, you know, well prepared, and also am not attached to the right and wrongness of whether people dig it, whether they don't dig it, blah blah blah. Um, those moments when I'm free from that. Those are the those are the, those are the moments when like something. Unexpected could happen, but you know that's very. That's also very hard. You know, it's not. It's you know, it's easy to talk about transcendence and all those sorts of things, but those are just things you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. It's the to be in the actual moment, where a, a moment of that's really past judgment, past intellect, past what you're thinking about it, past what anybody has to say about it. You know, and 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 when when a band does it, you know, it's not about like the solo comes out from a connection to the people i'm playing with a connection to the earth itself a connection just a connection to the moment to my breathing blah. blah, blah. And it's easy to, it's easy to destroy that it's easy to get in the way with it in the way of it you know i want to i want to look cool i want to play well like my desires are the barrier right and shannon you know um his part of his thing, you know, with his drumsticks, he was trying to knock some sense into my head, you know. <laughs> really, like you know, he's playing the stuff. And it really is obliterating. It It is actually obliterating thinking. And, you know, you have to be present. It's only, it's only presence. And that was something that Shannon he did with his music and with his playing, with his rhythms and playing. His only presence. It's not about the past. It's not about the future. It's about now. And that nowness is something that lives inside of his music. And that's why his music, music, listening to it, it doesn't, I know it comes from a time period, but it doesn't feel, you know, like a lot of music feels very weighted down by the time period. But because of what he was doing was a transcendental, a transcendent, you know he was he was he was a uh, mix you know he was mash he was doing a kind of mash up pre mash up mash up you know because he's taking Tin Pan Alley and 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 Negro Spirituals and Acid Rock and you know and Buddhist Thought and it's all seamlessly combining you know it's all kind of one thing so it's not tied to it's not tied to a time period and um, and and In those moments, and you know, and anybody, you know, he could get in his own way too. He created a context, because also he was a man. He was a man, you know, he was a man with emotions, desires, you know, vanities, all of those things, like everybody else, right? So, you know, the thing he, he he but he created a music when he created. He wasn't there. He wasn't doing that when he was creating his music. His music was not about his vanities, and his music was not about his insecurities or whatnot. His music was really connecting to this creative you know he was he was when he wrote those tunes he was really out of the way right so in in the times when we when the band was on point the band being on point was everybody getting out of the way of the thing we were making it's Shannon Melvin you know Reverend you know Henry Zane all of us as an ensemble getting out of the way of the thing that, you know, the now, getting out of the way of the now, you know, because as soon as you're thinking, man, that chick or that da, da da, you know, it's easy to get in the way. And a lot of times that was the thing that would make Shannon, if anything would make Shannon mad was that if he felt like someone was distracted on stage, right? Like distracted, like they weren't giving their all because they're thinking about the past or the future, you know, like in the future, you and me, honey, you know, like, he didn't, you know, because he wasn't even, it was like, there's a time and a place for that, but the time and a place is not on stage. Mm-hmm. The time and a place for you, for your insecurities is not now. That's what, well, That's why we rehearsed. We rehearsed to get all of that nonsense out the way. This was really by clearing out the nonsense.
0: Was this something he expressed in words or just something that got... Uh
1: yeah, hollering, <laughs> <laughs> Expressing, expressive, hollering. I know you think you. I don't know you, you think you're trying to fool. I know you think you know. I mean, that's that. I mean, I, I mean, in much more forceful and expletive-laden terms.
0: He had a gift for that, didn't
1: he? He had a, he had a, he had a, he had a gift from that. But you know, I mean, but in reality, you know, when he when he said it. I mean, there were times when he was unfair, but not not really often. I mean, a lot of times when he was talking about, you know, like he, he would, he would, it would be like, you know, you could feel exposed. You know, you think you da da da, you think blah 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 blah, you think da 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 da. da. Wow, <laughs> and then you had to go and deal with it. And like, oh shit, and you know, so, oop, my bad. Man, you have to deal with it.
0: You are listening to WKCR FM, New York. I'm Mitch Goldman. Deep Focus is the program. Vernon Reed is our guest talking about Ronald Shannon Jackson, who? Big part of all of our lives and uh, endlessly entertaining.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. You You know, Ronald Shannon Jackson was larger than life. He actually was. uh, He cut quite the figure. He he occupied space in a way. He was larger than life. You know, he was... he was uh, intense, he was an intense, intense person, but he was also a man filled with love. He was filled with a lot of things, filled with rage, filled with all sorts of stuff. But more, than, but more than that, he was filled with music and he was filled with love, you know? that's That's my feeling about him.
0: I'm gonna change gears for one minute because I'm very curious, you, Vernon Reed, there's, uh, I don't know how you do this, maybe you're like the Harlem Globetrotters, there's the Vernon Reed A-team, the B-team, because you're (laughs) always, there's the one that's touring Asia while the other one's in the studio with this project, the one doing the podcast, the one producing that thing, the one composing the soundtrack for the other thing. So I know I'm not sure which of those Vernon Reed units I have in the studio, but what they're you got all, what else you got going here. on well
1: okay so I'm in now, today I was in the studio with Living Color we're working uh, uh, in uh, in Hackensack with a producer Andre Betts and we're working on songs for our next record um, I'm going to be taking the violinist and composer Matt Swift into the studio I'm going to be producing um, uh, some tracks for her I just curated a show at Ginny's uh, uh, underneath the Red Rooster in Harlem, I have a series called Stark Raving Sane, and it's my me presenting alternative music and rock uptown. And I just uh, did Captain Kirk Frank Kirk Kirk Douglas. I almost said Captain Kirk Franklin. Captain Kirk Douglas and his band, the Dust Rays, which was outstanding this past Saturday. Uh, I'm going to be at Iridium at Iridium. Uh, this coming Thursday, December the fifth, with the trio, um, myself, Steve Jenkins, and Dana Hawkins, uh, and uh, we're playing eight thirty and ten thirty, and uh, it's going to be pretty. I'm I'm psyched because uh, Dana, like Steve, I play with has been the bass player in Mask and um, tremendous musician, wonderful, wonderful player, and uh, I played on his record. Rec he just he has a record out now called the Coaxial Flutter, which is fantastic. Um, And Dana Hawkins is just one of the young, firebrand, I mean, insanely talented. I mean, there's a whole crop of really great, 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 great drummers around, and and Dana's at the forefront. Uh, So I'm super excited about this trio. And, uh, you know, we're going to be playing some selections. Some of the stuff's going to be Mask stuff, and uh, maybe play a Hendrix thing. But it's going to be... I'm looking forward to that. I'm yeah. looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. And uh, maybe, 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 I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have any special guests, but but the trio is going to be, that's going to be, I'm, I'm very excited about it because um, I've been a fan of Dane. You know, I've been, Steve's one of my favorite musicians um, just for a really long time. He's a great, great musician. And then Dane is just crazy. <laughs> he's <Yeah. laughs> great. He's 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 uh, you know I like you know Shannon set the kind of set the tone. You know I gotta play with a great drummer. You know and, and it, I've I've been very blessed to play with wonderful drummers like Will Calhoun, like Greg Barrett, you know like J T Lewis, you know uh, Calvin Weston. You know I've I uh, uh, I like a good drummer.
0: That's a great question, and I have my answer to this question. I'm going to ask you for your answer to this question. How did Shannon? change your perception of other drummers, of tr- drummers in general?
1: Well, you know, his energy, his stamina, his energy, and his conception. You know, because he, you know, when I think about a drummer like Billy Cobb, who is who is tremendous drummer, or Tony Williams, tremendous, you know, tre- tremendous drummer, artists, technicians, and all of that but the source materials of what they play are things that I, you know, like swing, you know what I mean, there's, you know, there's uh, certainly rock, pl- rock and roll music, but of a certain kind, shuffles, you know, um, they're both very innovative. Shannon did this thing with marches, you know, with, with marches, you know, kind of drum and, drum and, drum and bugle corps um, marches and, and military cadences and things and also kind of the new New Orleans kind of marches yeah. he did he really did different stuff and and that's was eye opening for me cause I thought about the drummers that I thought would think of as great and I think of Shannon and Shannon is a great drummer but he was also sculptural in his drumming he was, he was so different like this whole thing that he did with the uh the ride tom you know he took the rhythm that you hear the the ding 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 that you normally would hear you know on a ride cymbal and he literally would put put it moved it down to a tom tom and and that was like wow you know that was part of the thing that he did with the marches and shuffles and then when he played the blues you know i mean hey you know no one was playing a shuffle like Shannon, for real cuz he's coming straight from the crate you know you know he 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 grew up with you know with uh jukebox music you know, he heard all of that. He, right. The backbeat is a different thing for him because he, he grew. He heard all of that. You know.
0: Yes. Yeah, he talked about his father. Yeah, his pops was you know. Had a uh, a root of changing the yeah, records you, in the. You know that,
1: yeah, and, they, the and you know, there's so much thing. You know, you talk about that. You know, <laughs> you know the jukeboxes and records. You know, there's a whole. That we gonna go there. I ain't gonna say nothing because you know, talk us in the room. We gonna talk about his, his gang, his gangster granddad. You know, going to go there.
0: he has been to four words. You know, got Im- an idea.
1: Implicate, you know, implications. You know, nudge, <laughs> nudge, wink, wink. You know, you know, keep, keep keep it above the line. You know what I'm saying. That's right.
0: Well, Shannon had a special phraseology for what he saw his job yeah. playing behind you on the drums was, and that was to get his boot in your ass. Sure. And
1: he did, he did it. He, he man, he would just keep everyone in check. (laughs) He was like, wow. Playing with him was, was really, really, really something because the amount of stamina it took, because some of these tunes, up tempo tunes, like, you know, some of these gigs, man, were literally from the word go, depending on his mood too, because if he was in a, if he was in a, you know a certain kind of mood it was it was going to be cracking from the first it was just going to be like relentless <laughs> and mean, it wasn't
0: like he didn't count tunes off he didn't walk n- you into no, it. no
1: nah. no anybody knows shannon knows this phrase ready play
0: <laughs> talk about that talk that's about a that.
1: That's, that should be a, if they, a biography that's the that's the title <laughs> or a movie or whatever. Ready, play.
0: Is there is that a question or it's just
1: Well, you know what's funny? He wouldn't count he didn't count off one, two, three, four. It's like you would have rehearsed the song so much that the time the the timing of the song was ingrained. And and it was a, Ready Play was such a different way of approaching music for me, because I'm i I'm like one, two, three, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was used to, like a guy in a band I am so used to. So Ready Play was like, you had to have the pulse already, you had to know the tempo, you know? And this thing is, I ain't gotta tell you, why am I telling you the tempo, you know this. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> play <laughs> and that and you and he and, and we and I'll tell you something we got it together because we got it together to to the point where when he did the ready play thing it was never a it was we everybody was on point everybody got what that was it was nobody meandering or somewhere else and you had to you know wherever else was going on you had to and
0: it was stunning from the audience perspective, because and you guys seemed like I don't know, like uh, the A team jumping out of the van or something. You know, it was a unit.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it, it was amazing. Like the, the, some of the ensemble parts and the things that we had to do. Just the unusual shapes, you know, man, fingerings. I mean, I I got so many man, a whole I way of getting how to get from one part of the neck to the other part of the neck to get back and. You know, it was it was, you know, there was no there was no method book for that. That was like literally I had to
0: Yeah, you had you to know? do it. You
1: had to just I had to do it. Yeah. And so it was um it you know, his immediacy, immediacy. Now, not tomorrow, not next week, but now. I mean that that um you know, it was very uh life affirming. You know, it was very like it was like a jolt. Mm. It was literally like a jolt. Like, you know, you're not doing, you know, don't, you know. He was not about, he, you know, you were playing with him. You were not, your head was not supposed to be in the clouds.
0: I, I can't think of another band leader, composer, certainly not from the jazz world, and I, don't, I can't think from anywhere else, who basically arrived at their concept as a near 40-year-old.
1: And you know. he, But you know, his concept took a lifetime. It took a lifetime of everything, including drugs and getting off of drugs and time in jail. It took a lifetime of mischances and what have you. And working work behind to, a desk, and working, and, and all, doing- all of that, you know, and and working behind legends, and seeing right. what happened to those legends. It took a lifetime of those things for him to get to Iola, or for him to get to Man Dance, or to Barbecue Dog. You know, Barbecue Dog, for him to get all of that stuff, all that conflicting American stuff, together in one mind, and to be trans transmitted. That was not. You know, he he had to live a life. His music is really a music of someone that lived life and and had all everything happen—the good, the bad, and the ugly—all was in the mix. And that's the thing about his music. And That's the thing about Shannon's music. I mean, Shannon's music is as—I um, mean, you know, he. he None of the music that he wrote are standards, but the melodies, the themes are, for me, as memorable as Mingus's. They're as memorable as Monk's. You know, he wrote these These tunes are just... Um, you know, there's so many of these pieces have stayed in my head from the time I learned them. The, the melody for Street Priest, you know... The melody for Night Whistlers, which Night Whistlers is one single simple line. Um, barbecue Dog, Man Dance, Eastern Voices, Western Dreams, Chudo B, Shaman, Song of the Shaman, uh, Blood Life. You know these tunes have just are tattooed. They're tattooed inside my skull, and uh, and and his music has had you know as as much as. Uh, you know uh any any uh song that i've heard from other great composers his music is just you know but goodbye pork pie hat is a wonderful tune but you know as he, you know chan had a tune called it's the little things that count and you know it's the little things that count you know is 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 as poignant for me as goodbye pork pie hat
0: we are Talking about Ronald Shannon Jackson, composer, drummer, band leader. He's in deep focus tonight from our guest, Vernon Reed. And you should find this music. The music that we've been playing tonight you might not be so easy to find for you. But, but, he released um, quite a number of albums in his lifetime. Talk Eye, do we know how, how many total albums under his name were actually came out? It's uh, <laughs> quite a 20-plus Roger, do we know how many of them are available on uh, iTunes and other place online? Six or seven, Six or seven albums worth. Yeah. You, you the, can... Greenwich,
1: the Greenwich, the Greenwich, the Street concert, the, the that that the Greenwich House concert is available. That same, you know, and that's a good and that's a, if you that's a if, great live one. If you if you want to wanna, um, get a sense of an ensemble of you know of the ensemble, um, and I believe there's. Um, Movement now to to re-release, barbecue dog and man dance and uh, maybe decode yourself. I'm trying. Hmm? trying. Roger is trying. We're trying to get get some of those records back out. Yeah, there's been a
0: groundswell of interest and enthusiasm for this music that I felt. Sadly, uh, it seemed like his passing was kind of the thing that drove it. Same as Uh, it ever was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Same as it ever was.
0: Too true. Anything we haven't had a chance to say?
1: Um... You know, I, I just say to to people, you know, if you, you know, there are a lot, there's a bunch of things on YouTube. You can check out stuff yes. on YouTube.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Take a look at some of that stuff under the name Ronald Shannon Jackson.
1: There are there are vinyl there are vinyl records. i I actually was searching for Street Priest and I actually found a copy that I'm gonna actually get on eBay <laughs> myself. But, you know, there's those records are you know, those records were released on C D um uh, as well, so they can be found. but um really his music is is worthwhile checking out and d- really dipping into because um you know he he made a, a fantastic um, a fantastic music. It was improvisational, it was jazz, but it was rock and roll, it was blues. it was all these things and 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 how could it be all these things? Well, you know that's that's what that's what made him such a remarkable. Um, artist
0: and absolutely check him out at ronaldshannonjackson.com ronaldshannonjackson.com and check Vernon readout at
1: you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> I'm Vernt 22 V-U-R-N-T 22 on Twitter and you know I'm on Facebook and there'll be a website coming soon
0: <laughs> someday Vernon you brought that beautiful music to life for that, we are eternally grateful, and we're also. Grateful. I, had
1: a, I had a part. I had a part to play. I, mean, I have to say, you know, I, I want to thank. You know, I didn't get a chance to do this with Melvin, but I want to thank Melvin, my brother Melvin Gibbs. You know, he's he's someone that, um, of all the musicians, you know, um, you know, I have close relationships with many musicians, but but uh, we have a special kind of bond, and we became um, brothers in this band in the Decoding Society really forged our bond. So uh, I would have never, you know, he told me, he invited me to go and see see Shannon, you know, and for that I'm eternally grateful. He changed my life, you know. I mean, in a way, you could, Shannon changed my life, but I could say Melvin Gibbs changed my life because he, he invited me to meet Shannon, you know. And so... You know, we all had our part to play. When I listen back, you know, the brilliance of the players. I mean, Henry Scott. I mean, my God, you know. Uh, Anyway, it it was great. It was beautiful. We laughed. We cried. It became a part of us. Bye.
0: (laughs) Three hours. It flew by. Vernon, thank you for coming up tonight. Thanks,
1: Mitch, for having us.
0: It's an ongoing process. Keep it tuned right here for more of this stuff coming. And most especially, keep it tuned right now for the crack WKCR news team. With Late City Edition, WKCR-FM, New York.